0: This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. I-
1: My name is Steven, and I play Alric Orman, a Gnome Ranger, Hexblade Warlock, and Chief Arrow of the Warden Scout in Nui Satalis. And this is Advantage.
0: Last time in Episode 2.59, the Unknown Associates took the Flying Skiff, the Tyrant's Bane, to the Palace of Winter, an ancient, icy mountaintop castle from which Kala, goddess of winter, intended to rule over the cusp, and the site where the raven queen, goddess of death, executed Kala for her treason. It is here, in these mysterious ruins, that the party intends to draw the magic from the godblinder, a primeval spear once wielded by gods, and to store that magic in an arcane battery. And that's where we'll pick up. Let's get that old ASMR. We're saying clap two. One, two, three, clap Clap 2
2: Oh, I was Oof. gonna do that, but I go thought it was too corny.
0: That was a bad joke. <laughs> bad joke. Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna read this uh, monster flavor text again so I don't have to go back into the files to find it or whatever. A creature like a jagged blue centipede of ice and fire bursts forth from the snowpack. A pair of wing-like fins flare from its neck, its mouth opens wide enough to swallow you whole, showing jagged teeth. A cold air clouds around it, like warm breath on a winter day. Grimton, you recognize this as a Remaraz, which is a prize in her dearth in the cloud-capped peaks. Remaraz eggs are frequently collected, the embryo inside killed, and their shell preserved as a prize. The price of those eggs is sky high, number one, because they're just so dang rare, number two, because collecting them takes them away from frost giants as pets. Raboraz! Morlinde, you see a terrifying condor-like monstrosity swooping down at you with its talons forward. Atop its bone-white head is a set of huge antlers. Its mouth is a toothed beak. You have seen this creature before, or at least one very like it during your escape from hawa Rum. It's going to be Auric, because you have already stated that you would like to use Ambuscade. Mm-hmm. Go for it.
1: I'm gonna scream at the Rimuraz, not being able to uh, like identify it. I'm just gonna be like, ah! and then I'm going to um, loose uh, an arrow at it with the intent of hitting it in the eye. Seems like Ooh. a good a good spot to aim. I will also, before actually loosing, will mark it. Uh, the Remoraz as my Hunter's Mark. Is that a D6? Is that right? Correct. Great. Here we go. Ambuscade. shooting a normal arrow at my Hunter's Mark.
0: 19. That will hit. Cool. You said you wanted to aim for its eye. Yeah. Roll another D20 to see how precision you get it. Am I adding anything to this? Nope. Look, I'm panicking. 10. It's a nice body shot. Uh, 16. Sorry. (laughs) Math is hard. 16 damage? Yeah. As it is advancing quickly above the snow, you hit it with an arrow for 16 damage. And it is far enough out that it chooses to dive back into the snowpack and you lose sight of it.
1: The idea of losing sight of something that large is scary. And then
0: it bursts. Fourth from the snowpack, again, right next to you, Ulrich. The snow sprays everywhere. You're going to take automatically 3d6 fire damage from its heated body and being adjacent to it. Remember this, friends. Um, That is nine damage from the heated body as it attempts to bite you with its fearsome, jagged jaws. Uh, does a 17 hit?
1: I'm fairly sure it does. Let me look.
0: What a bummer. It does indeed. Uh, where are my D10s? I have three sets of Dark Silver Forged dice now, and I am going to use all three of those D10s.
1: Cool.
0: And now I'm going to use all three of those D10s again. 31 damage. Shit. Jesus. This bite. What the beep? ensnares you in its mouth, and you are grappled by its jaws. Auric, it is your turn. Hurt. You may attempt to escape with a strength check. I will do that for
1: sure. All right, so just a strength check. Yes.
0: You... 10. No, wait. Plus strength? 12. You fail. <laughs> thought that might happen you are still grappled and restrained alaris it is your turn
3: we have this flying thing up in the air centipede thing grabbed Ulric. is there any other enemies currently nope nothing else of note
0: to set the scene you're in a snowy cloister of uh an ice palace feel free to use the environs however you would like
3: i think i'm just gonna shoot a fireball at the flying thing dexterity saving throw please Six. All right, that does not save. 24 damage.
0: 24 damage. What level was that?
3: Just level three. Wow. Base level fireball.
0: You are able to easily predict the lead on this fireball as you launch it forward.
3: Uh, I imagine holding the sword out, channeling the magic, the magic coming through the sword, and then. Throwing the fireball with my other hand, basically. Your non-sword-wielding
0: hand? Yes. Right. So you uh, chuck the fireball at it. It makes contact easily with the periton and is engulfed in a ball of flame. Uh, you still see it heading towards you, um, though it took much damage, and its wings um, yeah. still hang on to the sparks.
3: I will activate blade song and I'm going to also
0: move... Away from the door.
2: How close is the flying creature to us?
0: 30 feet from you at this point.
2: How close is the Remoraz to us? Minus, of course, the, the person that has been eaten.
0: Auric is in contact with it. The rest of you are 10 feet from it.
1: In contact is a really nice way of putting <laughs> literally in its mouth. Yeah. yeah. Uh.
2: Then I'm going to try and use... Call lightning to shock the flying thing. <laughs> I think that would be very cool.
0: That would be very. And cool. I have a
2: feeling that a lot of my ice attacks are just like not the thing. Yeah,
1: prob's not.
2: Morlande is going to cat like like look at the the flying creature, and like imagine the a point directly uh, above it. Um, and anything within five feet of that point has to do a dex saving throw.
0: It rolls dexterity and is a, an 11 plus one, 12 total.
2: So now I've got to do three d10 lightning damage. Okay.
0: Call lightning is dope.
2: Oh, are we outdoors? Yes. <laughs> are we in stormy conditions?
0: You notice that a blizzard.
2: A little blizzardy little Elsa.
0: It's not thunder snow yet. But if left to its own devices, it very well could be. So
2: if I call, would you I, like
0: to encourage Thunder Snow? Yes. Okay, you are all going to take disadvantage on long distance perception, perception greater than I don't know thirty feet. You're going to lose sight of the things down in the valley, like Maldo Keep, okay. et cetera.
2: Is everyone okay
4: with that? I don't think we, I don't think we have time to.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you make the decision here, Morlanday. Uh,
2: that actually doesn't really sound like something I need to do for an extra D10, so we're gonna not do that.
0: <laughs> do yourself. Coward.
2: Yep. Ooh, nice. 20 damage. 20 lightning bolt damage.
0: You call lightning from the snow that it is, is whipping around you in the already cloudy conditions. <clears throat> and you cause the first lightning strike come down from a from these dark clouds. This lightning strike meets the periton in the air and kills it. And... As it falls, the thunder from this lightning rolls continuously, it th- seems, throughout the Winter Ridge.
4: I'm gonna shout at this, Remoras. Your true enemy is not in your jaws, it is here, and it is I, and that's gonna be me casting Compel Duel. Cool. It needs to make a wisdom
0: saving throw. DC 14. It rolled a 13, plus zero. Nice. Okay. So that means it's going to give up its attack and fo- focus on you, right?
4: I think it has disadvantage on attacks on anybody other than me for the rest of the encounter, unless I attack a different creature.
0: I'm going to wait until it's turn to do anything for that. And wait, unless you're done with your time. I am not.
4: I'm going to walk up to it. I am wielding uh, Gore brings Radiance.
0: <laughs> Which has a reach of five feet.
4: Yeah, I have to get right next to it.
0: Uh, you're going to take 10 damage from uh, the heat of the Rimaraz's body. Fully worth it.
4: I'm going to expend a superiority die to make this a pushing attack. 18. That does hit. I'm also going to use my channel divinity to make this a divine smite. And it'll have to make a strength save or be pushed 10 feet and knock prone.
0: There's a 19 plus seven, it's 26 meat. Well, so yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't get pushed or knocked prone, but. It has a lot of legs. Good stability. Yeah,
2: very stable.
0: 24 damage. Thunder rolls again as the blizzard continues to whip, mightier and mightier. It is the top of the round. I have another attack. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it still does this thing. Uh, the, the weather gets a free action. Uh, sixteen to hit. Sixteen to hit does not. All right. Well, now it's tougher.
2: Now it's what?
0: With your last attack failing to hit, it is going to try compelled with disadvantage. It is going to try to swallow Auric, oh. and I rolled a nineteen and a three. Nice.
2: Oh, disadvantage! Thank goodness.
0: Number one, the grapple ends, and I think. It's going to, under compulsion, have to make a DC 15 con saving throw. I rolled a nine plus five. Fourteen. I miss. It is going to regurgitate what was the the Ulrich that was attempted to be swallowed. Uh, Ulrich, you fall prone I ten med- feet from the Remoraz.
1: I imagine I fall prone with a splat.
0: No. And it is so-called that the hot saliva that KOTU is already beginning to freeze. That will be the end of the Rumoraz's turn and the beginning of auric's turn.
1: I'm going to start with Cure Wounds. Um, I am going to cast a, a third level spell. 3d8 plus my spellcasting mod, which... What is my spell? How do I look at my...
4: 8 plus, like, your stat mod plus.
3: Your proficiency.
4: Yeah.
1: Okay, so first let me roll the dice. That could have gone better. Could have gone worse, but it could have gone better. So I'm gonna get back 19 of that damage I just lost. Nice. Nice. Thank God. Yeah, because I lost a lot, and that is not the end of my turn. What? How many
0: hit points are you at? Fifty-two now. Now, did you did you say that this thing is like fiery? Yeah, it's got like a a, a fiery presence to it. Um, it's not like jumping flame, but its its body is its body heat, super heat is heated. naturally high. Or yeah, it's very high. Um, could I roll some
1: kind of check to see if I can determine any kind of like elemental weaknesses?
0: Uh yeah, give me a nature check. You'd think I'd be better at reading this. Twelve. It is not weak to anything, but it is immune to fire and cold damage. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um,
1: it's still my hunter's mark. Oh, oh, is this a large creature or is this a? It's a huge creature,
0: which is one it larger is monstrous. than large.
1: Okay, so yeah, a large or larger creature has advantage on this. I'm going to use ensnaring strike. I'm going to see if I can pin this boy. Ooh. Um,
2: I love the idea of that because you are small.
1: Yes. Ooh. It's going to be fun. Cinematic. So fly through the air and like splat on the ground real hard, and it's it's very uncomfortable, so I
0: use my move action to kind of stand up. Where well, you whisper a cure wounds to yourself and you glow in a beautiful gold restoration magic, abjuration, and and I imagine all
1: of that was done like facing away from the the creature for the for the cinema. I then like take a couple of breaths and then I'm gonna just like whoosh turn around and draw at the same time. And so like the camera angle is gonna shift and like I'm pointing at the camera. Does so that make sense? Like it jumps behind mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um. For for the the camera of the mind. Uh. And I'm going to shoot in snaring strike. Uh, as a second level spell,
0: I have to make a Dex save for ensnaring strike. Is that right?
1: Uh, strength. Strength save. Target must must you see a, a strength saving throw or be restrained. Eighteen. Okay, so that just didn't work at all. <laughs> wow, it's still an attack, so I'm still got, like I shot an arrow at it, so I'm still gonna see if the like base attack hits and does damage. This should. This is be twenty, a dirty twenty. Yeah. And it's my hunter's mark. God. Uh, for 11 damage. So
4: since you damaged it, that does end the effect of the Compel Duel spell.
0: Oh! I did not know that. Or I thought that was if Grimton battles something else. It's
4: also if a friendly creature deals damage oh. or casts a spell on it, so. Interesting. It's a duel. Okay. Yeah. But uh yeah. that oh, means yeah. it does does not have disadvantage on attacks
1: against you guys now. Hmm. Interesting. Sorry. I
4: mean, I mean it got you out of its mouth. Yeah, though. yeah.
1: It did. It did. It did. It did its job.
4: This yes. like flying thing just got clapped really hard by a fireball yes. and a thunderbolt.
3: Yeah. yeah. Lightning bolted <laughs> yeah. that bitch. Cheeks properly clapped. you talking about the, the flying thing?
4: Yeah. Like, yeah. Did, it, did it get a turn?
1: No, <laughs> it definitely was just like a shot of the damn sky. <laughs> Um
3: But we still have the big giant centipede-looking thing.
2: Well, yeah, yeah. big scary fiery boy.
4: It has taken thirty-five points of
3: damage, though. I'm gonna try out a new spell, cause why not? Uh, I will cast the spell Hold Monster on Neo. this centipede. <laughs> uh, so give me a Wisdom saving throw. I'm really trying to pin the Joe. thing down. Fantastic. That was an
0: eight plus zero.
3: All right. It failed. This centipede is now paralyzed for the next minute.
1: A minute's a long time. It's
3: ten rounds. It can make a another wisdom saving throw at the end of each of its turns. So it's going to be paralyzed for at least one turn. Paralyzed means it is incapacitated, so it can't take actions or reactions, um, and it can't move or speak. It automatically fails strength and dexterity saving throws. Nice. All of your all attack rolls against the creature have advantage. Nice and any attack that hits it is a critical hit if you're within five feet of it.
1: <laughs> nice. Jesus. Fantastic. Wait, you said you said uh, it fails all strength and dex rolls?
3: Yes. Correct.
1: So
2: basically, you're going to hit.
3: And if you hit, you deal double damage.
2: If you're within five feet.
3: Yes. Well, get
0: this thing going,
3: then, y'all. Uh, and uh, that'll be my turn.
2: Well, I was going to do some other... Stuff like that, but you done did it, so I'm not going to do confusion.
0: Control it up, controller.
2: Uh, It has been controlled. I could probably... I I could hit it, or I could moonbeam it. How close am I to it right now?
4: You can just keep your call thunder going, can't you?
2: Well, that... If, if our friends are too close to it, then, like, that's 3d10 damage they have to save for. But
3: you could just hit behind it, right?
2: Yeah, I can be sneaky and, like, focus the energy on a point nine feet behind <laughs> the, the thing. Okay, cool. So, basically, I'm going to, like, look directly behind the Remoraz... And imagine exactly four feet beside it.
4: It is a huge creature, so if, even if you hit its body, it's still more than five feet away from it.
2: It's probably me. fine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially if I'm hitting its behind.
0: What do I have to do? A uh, deck saving throw. <laughs> uh, well, it automatically fails deck saving throw. Uh, it automatically, it automatically fail. fail. As you're looking at it, I'm going to say that you target a point of the cloister, a like a flamboyant
2: like a little spire. spire icicle
0: thing that like almost acts as a uh, a lightning rod as this bolt comes down and then shatters that's the cloister brilliant and also hits the Rimarage
4: that feels like something that would kickstart some sort of magic bullshit I don't know
2: yep very cool though <laughs> ah not bad math it's 21 lightning damage it's
4: better than average.
3: I'm excited for Grimton to just, like, triple crit this.
4: <laughs> Here we go.
3: Okay. Yeah, all of your attacks have advantage and all your hits are criticals.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna attack it.
0: You take heat damage, bud. How much? Just 10? Or is it different every time? You're gonna take 11 fire damage from its ambient body heat. And so I'm gonna use my bonus action to cast
4: Thunderous Smite. And I'm going to attack it. First attack. That's a 17 plus stuff, plus eight, so
0: 25. It hits automatically.
4: (laughs) Oh, and I get advantage. Let me see if I crit.
0: (laughs) You might as well.
1: You're already
4: doing crit damage, don't worry about it. Oh, wait, yeah.
1: So double damage dies? I want to get in there, and I want to do at least one attack before we (laughs) kill this thing. You might
2: not make it after this. The
0: Thunder Snow Blizzard begins to roll with ambient lightning again as, as Thunderous Smite is being called forth by Grimton. So it's double damage
4: dice, right? Yes. I need more dice, okay. <laughs> what a good problem to have. That's pretty good rolls. Uh, that's 19. Total? No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, plus 17. Now I gotta roll my thunder damage. All
3: right, that's 36 plus th- thunder damage. Two,
4: six, seven. Plus eight thunder damage, plus five, so another thirteen.
3: All right, that's so that's forty-nine, 49.
4: and then I, my second attack. <laughs> <laughs> so Alar is uh, waving his wand or outstretching his hand. However, you choose to cast, old monster, uh, does so, and I see the remraz go completely still, and they just like fiery, instinctive. Like almost rage, if you can liken it to a barbarian rage, takes over. Like, I've gunned Remoraz hunting before, and I like know this is a moment to like strike. <laughs> so I cast a Thunderous Smite with the Remoraz just being struck by lightning, and I just channel those uh, elemental forces into Gorbring's radiance, and it flashes like uh, yellows and grays as I like s- strike into the Remoraz. Uh, right along its' uh, the nape of what would be its neck I guess <laughs> like thunder accompanying my slash as it like uh, I imagine bores deep into it <laughs> and then I'm gonna do that again minus the thunder
0: though the lightning bolt has done damage to the palace in a in like a physical damage to the palace mm-hmm. you notice that the thunder does not affect it. Um, And it seems to reverberate cacophonously off of its icy walls. It is as if the palace itself were impenetrable to the chaos that is going outside.
4: Hmm. All right. So this is Sans, uh, any smite or the battle master die from earlier. So it's gonna be considerably lower damage, I expect. (laughs) But that was a it was a 22 to hit.
3: Critical
0: hit! So only 21. Only 21 damage.
3: Alright, so you dealt 70 damage that turn.
0: It is the Rimoraz's turn.
3: Wisdom save.
0: Uh, I rolled a 13. Oh, uh, that does not save. It is still paralyzed if it itself were frozen in a block of ice.
1: Just to be sure that this little <laughs> turn stays put, I am going to again hit it with ensnaring strike. This time, it can't fail. (laughs) So, um, I am again casting this as a second level spell. Uh, so my attack roll is definitely gonna hit. Um, the base rolls a 14 and I add a lot of stuff to it.
0: The armor class is 17, you're fine.
1: Right, it's, it's in, it is now ensnared. And paralyzed. But at the start of its turn, it will take 2d6 damage from, from that. Uh 14 damage. That's the first attack. I'ma shoot another one. <laughs> I'm just pelting this thing with arrows. Good. Pew pew. Uh that'll that'll also hit it was a uh base roll was a thirteen. And then the next one is fifteen damage. Um so twenty nine damage, respectable. <laughs> and it'll whenever its turn happens again it'll take two D6.
3: I have blade song activated, so I'm going to run over and do some some melee attacks, as it were. And
0: explode its face open? Um, you take 12 fire damage that's from getting near its fine. heated body.
3: A 19 to hit. Actually, that'll be 17 for that first attack. And then second attack is a nat 20, <laughs> but that doesn't matter. Double critical. Be 20 more damage. So I think that's 37 total.
0: Tell me what these back-to-back strikes of your blade look like as you slay it.
3: I hold it in, in place on my last turn, and then it gets struck by lightning, and then that lightning gets channeled into uh, Grimton's slashes on it, and then I feel like I just run in there and just basically stab it twice more in the basically the same spot as Grimton was weakening it and just kind of... Pound through the the exoskeleton, as it were, and, and just kind of finally get into the meaty flesh of it, and 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 get that's that's enough to take it down.
0: Wow, I'm so glad that you four are here. Hey, friends, it's Joe. So glad you're here with us for episode two point sixty. Listen, I gotta be up front with you. We've lost a handful of Patreon supporters since New Year's. It's a problem. It's enough of a problem that I need to mention it on the show. See, we're small, and while each single dollar given to support the story is tremendously helpful and a significant percentage of our monthly income, it also means that each dollar lost is equally significant, and that's scary to me. This show isn't finished yet. And even after we finish this arc, I've still got two more storyboarded, but we need your help in making sure that the publishing and telling of this show is sustainable to us. Podcasting is not a cheap hobby. Those that donate are thanked by exclusive offerings based on their giving tier. $2 a month backers are given access to the Advantage Patreon Discord role on the Darkmore Podcast Network's Discord channel. There we go. Uh, there's a link down in the doobly-doo where you can see all the secret antics of the cast during recordings they'll also get an invitation to contribute to the deck of many names which we use as a spontaneous name generator so that we don't end up with more stupid stuff like marge the barge or brogan's toad house <sighs> at the five dollar a month level you'll get that and an invitation to join us at live recordings $10 a month, patrons get the most bang for their buck, and it is my personal favorite tier for rewards. You'll get everything that I previously mentioned and the audio to our post-recording reflection show, which we named Inspiration. In those Inspiration episodes, we decompress the night's game session and talk about what we, what did or didn't work and why, and look forward to the future. Um, For that same level, at $10 a month, you'll also get access to my DM notes. Those documents are extensive. I'm talking at least a dozen pages and thousands of words per session. That's just what my prep looks like, okay? And not even the cast gets to see these, because they contain all the dirty plot secrets that I can't let them know about. It's the best. I love getting to share it with y'all. And finally, for those that can afford giving $25 a month, we have a special intimate reward. Quarterly throughout the year, we record episodes of Disadvantage, our goofy one off sideshow. Those episodes are romps designed to explore and flesh out otherwise unexplored areas of the cusp. And donors at our highest tier are invited to play with us, DM'd by a rotation of cast members who aren't me. Uh, We've recorded. Disadvantages in the Cleared Labyrinth and Zadal, the Frontier Town of Undoing, the City of Triumph and the Desert of Defeat, and even the Pocket Universe Sigil, the City of Doors. It's a reoccurring blast. I love the opportunity to roll bones as a player beside our supporters. Alright, that's enough of a Patreon pitch. Thank you to those who are still continuously giving at this time. Callahan, Mark Williams, Brian, Jaron Phillips, Adam Guta, Dan Bauer, Daniel Tan, Luciege, Thor, and Jonah. Y'all are wonderful, and we couldn't do this without you.
2: Games are fun to play. Whether it's chess, Mario Kart, or Dungeons & Dragons, we've all sat down to play a game with our friends before. But what is it that keeps us coming back to our favorites? How do developers craft the experiences that keep us this engaged? I'm Sully, host of the podcast fun but why join us as we talk to game industry professionals and break down the levels mechanics and design of their favorite gaming experiences fun but why releases new episodes every tuesday wherever you get your podcasts
0: all right let's get back to the show thank you
4: Quickly, we got to dress it. We got to make sure, see if it's pregnant. The eggs might be worth a lot of money.
1: Ew. I, what? I, I walk up behind, because I imagine Grimton and Alaris are like relatively close together. Um, if they were kind of hitting the same spot. So I walk up behind them and Grimton, I'm like patting on the shoulder and Alaris, it's more like the lower back, but it's like with goop covered arms um, <laughs> because I was in its mouth and I'm just like, <laughs> And then I pat Grimton a couple times, and I'm like, why don't you just take care of that one, buddy? You're the one who knows what you're looking for. Squish, squish, squish. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh. You, you, the last, the final time that you uh, take your hand away from Grimton's back, there's a uh, a huge bridge of uh, slop that lingers on both of your hands, just viscous. Like the meltiest of cheeses. Ah. It's cartoonish. A nice um, camembert,
3: yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize how powerful of a spell uh whole monster was. Yeah, that's that a- that was yeah, ridiculous. Ridiculous.
0: yeah, no kidding. That was you that cast that? That single-handedly turned yeah. the tide of that. Like Well-deserving of the final hit. Yeah. Dang. Uh, you turn around and you see uh, Nexby there with uh, like a monkey wrench in her hand ready to go to work like this thing was like (laughs) like about to do something and and alaris
1: just held his hand up and it just froze yeah (laughs) like like there's nothing out outwardly that we could see it just stopped moving
0: um grimton we cut to you how are you field dressing a remoraz uh so you gotta
4: bifurcate it uh pretty much along the belly
1: this is a.
4: and really, I mean, yeah, the some of the husk, the the
0: exoskeleton, the husk yeah, might be the, the, the carapace, the chitin, yeah, the chitin.
4: It might be worth uh, for you know, like plate mail or something. Some people might look for that, uh, particularly if you're trying to make something like fireproof. You know, mm. but really, I'm going like down halfway to like its abdomen and like. Uh, cracking it open to see if it was in fact uh, had eggs in its body that might be worth cultivating.
0: Of course it did. Hells yeah. Uh. You find you roll a d6. Six eggs. There may be skull size. Skull size. It's a skull size egg. Tie dyed swirl of orange and blue. What kind of skull? Dwarf skull. So big and fat.
4: How much did you say these are worth? Let's see, these are kind of not in season right now. So right now, the there's probably not that much on the market. You could probably sell these for quite a bit.
3: Hmm, that's interesting.
4: Here, you want you want to you want to put these in your bag? I have a Godblinder in mine. I just don't want
1: to. <laughs> uh. 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 uh Rick, <laughs> Ulrich slops over and just like, uh... holds open their bag of holding like it's fine. <laughs>
0: All right, here. Thank you, Ulrich. Ulrich, oh, add six rimoraz eggs to your inventory. Those will only be sellable in uh, <laughs> dwarven markets. What do they do with them? They're
4: trophies. I mean,
0: they but want they do not
3: hatch. A, do they not just? Are they going to stay like that yeah, forever?
2: Yeah,
4: they're not going to hatch. Not not outside of its mother. No.
3: Can I read the door now? <laughs> yeah, I guess
0: let's go back and read the door. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, we were just trying to open a
2: door. I'm still cold. Um,
0: I will say that Grimton and Ulrich, you find a pleasant warmth around the body of the Remoraz, especially as it is split open.
1: Definitely, just like stick my hands out at it, like I'm like warming myself by the fire and like.
0: Meanwhile, I just want to make
3: sure there's not like any giants that have made this their home or something. You know, we didn't we didn't kill its pet.
4: Yeah, well, we
0: probably. Alaris, you return to the door, and ten minutes later of your companions warming themselves... A short rest? A short rest's <laughs> worth. Um, is this comprehend language? Yeah. What's, what, give me the specifics on comprehend language. I could look that up. For
3: too. the duration, which is one hour, you understand the literal meaning of any spoken language you hear. You can also understand any written language that you see, but you must be touching the surface on which the words are written. Takes about one minute to read one page of text, so I will just hold my hand on the door, and then I can read. First,
0: it. you can hear in your head the the giant speak, not just its meaning, but like what it sounds like in its own language. Rong sky is free mat, uvar kong ome leslit vint dot slad The literal meaning being Honor cloud and frost giant from good storm giant king Ome Release winter's death shield. Battle dwarven steel warrior. Give me insight check. Uh, that'll be a 15. You can do some internal translations and uh, transposing of the language to make it say, honored cloud and frost giants sent from the good storm giant king Ome." to resurrect Kala to battle the Warforged. Give me an Arcana check. Okay. If you say this out loud, I'll let Grimton get on it with a uh, religion check. I rolled a 21. You ask yourself, is there a way to bring back a god killed by the Raven Queen? But I'm not going to tell you the answer. I would like for you to hypothesize. Uh, I would
3: hypothesize, y- yes. But you could do that
1: what i wait 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 or er, uh alaris has not yet shared that has he correct
0: no I so
1: this is all just in the rest uh... of you are
0: still huddled around the river
3: yeah house. um i don't know I, th- I think yes but regardless that's that's an interesting thing to think about hey what do you guys think do you think that like if a god, you know, you know, I was—we were just talking about that story, right? You know, the one about, uh, you know, Kala got killed by the Raven Queen, so on and so forth. Do you think if the Raven Queen or if someone wanted to, like, they could like revive Kala?
1: I, I hope the the person uh, who who was the god, yes however that their portfolio of power no longer belongs to them so
3: sure but like i don't think
1: if kala the person returns kala comes back as the god she was i think but like i don't know i think the raven queen has the power to do that maybe
3: or maybe that's the difference between the god of death and the god of the dead you know
1: do do people who hold that much power enter the afterlife differently than the rest of us?
3: Yeah, like what happens when a god dies, to you know? Give me a religion check. What
4: exactly did you read on that door, Lars?
3: Uh something about giants coming back to fight the the warforged or something. It it was a lot to do with giants and being sent from the giant person to fight the warforged. This is the spark notes?
4: My religion check is 13. What do you think? What do I think happens when a god dies?
0: Yeah. (sighs) But, like, I guess your 13 is how sure you are of the (laughs) conclusion that you make.
4: I mean, it's pretty hard to kill a god. I guess if you're successful, uh, you can't truly kill them unless you kill the following of that god, if, if that makes sense. Like they'd be alive in some way. Maybe not corporeally, but.
3: Hmm. Mm. That's an interesting way to think about it.
0: Moreland Day, give me a religion check with advantage. Based on that.
2: 15 plus a lot.
0: Hearing the, the comment about the following reminds you that because of the work of the spirits, the work of the primal spirits and the primal spirits exile of the gods and the primordials, that they cannot have direct power on the cusp. Mm. They can have direct power in their own domains out in the Astral Sea or down in the of Chaos or whatever, but they cannot have direct power on the cusp. Nowadays, for a primordial or a god to manifest their power here, they must do so through their clerics and their paladins and their followings and their cults and their churches like, they they cannot do it themselves, but they can channel through others to go about those works. So it is true, kind of, that the way to kill a god, especially kill their influence on the, on the cusp, is to get rid of everybody who follows them.
2: Right. It's not a literal death. It's a death of power.
0: If, if there is a cult of Kala somewhere in the cusp, gods know that there is, I do believe that the cult of Kala is inert, at least as far as, like, warlocks and clerics are concerned, because there's nobody giving them power. The- Kala, the entity, is, is gone. Right. Um, and so the cult w- would be using other means to try to resurrect Kala, so that, w- that way mm-hmm. they can channel Kala's power. These are thoughts that more Linda has. <laughs> uh,
2: Yeah, so... Yeah, it, if... If there were some people who really believed in, in a god um, and they found other means to do so, they could potentially, like, resurrect a god, I think it would be really complicated. It'd be hard to find that source of power. Like, where are they going to get that?
4: Anyway, let's suck all this power out of this god blender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah!
0: Alaris, mm-hmm. before you do that, give me an arcana check.
3: 27.
0: This is a check-heavy session, y'all. <laughs> While communing with this runic language of the giants, Alaris, you see a deep arcane power within one of the words. East Juntin. Frost Giant. And you believe that if you can retrace the magic signatures of that sigil, you might be able to imbue some of that might of that word onto your own armor or clothes to invoke later.
4: Um, okay, are we getting giant strength? Um,
3: I'll, I'll, so I guess I'll try to do that then. So, basically I'm seeing these words and I'm reading them as if I, you know, semi-fluent in the language. And I, I recognize the power of the word frost giant. Um, or, in giant-speak, East jotun I'm gonna reach up with the hand that I, I've been releasing most of my magical spells with, and I'm just going to pull out the magic of those words, basically hold the the power of of that arcane energy in, in the palm of my hand, and then take that and imbue it onto, we'll say, onto the cloak. <laughs>
0: On to the cloak. Okay.
3: (laughs) Above one of the pockets, the the word Istioten will just like magically appear in, um, we'll say in like some cool, like
0: italicized font italicized awesome. giant cursive, giant cursive. it's it's a rune it's a rune think think runically yeah runic it, curses it's, it's italicized. runic curses yes yeah. okay Love whatever <laughs> <laughs> um, you asked me to flavor it i wanted to play i did 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 sorry i carve it into the cloak with a knife <laughs> yeah prove me the asshole. <laughs>
3: What's the other monster? I just want to look up what they look a like.
2: Perryton. A Perryton.
0: P-E-R-Y-T-O-N. Morlinde ran into this while taking a pee break during the escape from Hawa Rum. Oh yeah, I, I remember drop.
3: that. I remember that we, when we ran away.
2: I don't. I'll go back and listen to that one again.
0: It's okay. You successfully navigated without it entering into yeah. combat. I w- it was a non-consequence not encounter, so I wouldn't expect you to remember.
2: I don't remember the consequential ones either.
0: Those of you who have binged the show and just listened to that episode yesterday, <laughs> full circle, baby. That was so long ago. Yeah, it was like two years ago. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
2: What's wild about this Remoraz is I, it, 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 the thing says, you know, huge monstrosity unaligned. My brain tried to turn the unaligned into unhinged.
0: <laughs> unhinged. It's probably Un- unhinged. monstrosity.
2: Unhinged.
1: I would like to believe that it is also probably unhinged. It's, it's probably scary. Steven, go. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry.
0: Um, Actually, wait. <laughs> Hold on. Um, yeah, I... Uh, yesterday, I was reminded of weapons that you have.
2: Oh, I already... Um, oh, no.
0: Do not forget... I'm sure you already have that you have received recently uh, on your your fight with the 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 devils on the way back from um, from Celestia. You received a whole bunch of silvered weapons in order to fight devils. Zach got a silvered claymore. Uh, Morlinda, you got a plus three silvered mace that does one d six bludgeoning damage. Please write that down. Uh, Ulric, you have enough. Plus two silvered arrows. Grimton, you have a plus two dwarven ergrosh that is silvered. Hello. What'd you bring me? Hi, Aaron. Apple pie? Wait, can you refill my water too, cause you love me?
1: Yeah.
0: Aaron brought me apple pie and then refill my, my water.
1: Gosh, so the crust isn't perfect, but the, this one is about the
0: apples anyway. Aaron's perfecting her apple pie recipe and has been working on this for the past, at least a year.
2: That's great nice. for y'all. How is- nice.
0: <laughs> I get better and better apple pies. Yeah.
2: Incrementally better apple pie <laughs> on the reg.
0: I will admit, apple pie is not my favorite pie, but the frequency and the quality is fantastic. What's your favorite apple pie? Mine is blackberry, go. What's our favorite pie? Yeah. You said, what's your favorite apple pie? Oh, sorry, what's your favorite pie?
2: Pecan um, pie with chocolate chips.
0: What was that one? Pe- crouton pecan, pie? Pecan, pecan pie. Pecan pie, pie. not <laughs> crouton,
2: like crouton pie? pie. Honestly, <laughs> I could make that work and it would be great.
0: Very crunchy. I love croutons.
4: I'm partial to pumpkin. <laughs> Can't
0: pump- go wrong with pumpkin. pumpkin pie especially is, with so is pretty good. slathered in whipped cream. I'm not a biggest whipped Don't cream fan. I can say it. Mincemeat, Jonah. What the hell? Mincemeat pie. You're you like savory pie, huh? All right, turn on your turn on your mic. <laughs> Let's hear it. What, what's your defense of mincemeat pie?
1: Anyway, though, so I forgot earlier, and I should have done this. I have a second attack, which means I could have gotten <laughs> four attacks out of like ambuscade uh. and yeah. I'm just a whole idiot. Um, I just, I forgot that that's a thing I can do. So anyway. No thine character
0: sheet. <laughs> what are you doing to the pocket, Steven?
1: She is determined to be over here and she keeps climbing up on me. So I'm trying to love on her as much as possible because she's a sweet baby. Also her nose is cold. Aww. So she's trying to bury it somewhere warm. She's a baby.
0: Y'all just using all your spell sides, huh? because yeah, why not, man? Um, what if
3: there's another fight after this?
1: I hope not.
3: I guess it's time to just
1: just kick it. Just like <laughs> run over there
3: and kick it. <laughs> just run over there, and kick it. <laughs> You'll get double uh, damage. Well, I have I have blade song activated, sure. so I'm gonna run over and do some some melee attacks as and it were. An exploded face with open. the sword of answering. <laughs> Joe, We're I do have a question take... for you. What's the name of this particular sort of answering?
0: Uh, what do you want it to be? Uh, Charles. Ch- I was
3: going to say Carl. Chuck. So, so the, the, the there's name, yeah. there's <laughs> supposedly nine sort of answerings in the world. Mm. Supposedly, yeah, and and they and they all have different alignments, and they have names this... based on their alignments.
0: Now, um, keep in mind that this one was gifted. To you from um, a chaotic. A. Right? Well, from Coralon? Yeah, it, this one came from Coralon, so it would be the chaotic good one. So, whatever you want to okay. hear from that.
3: Well, the what chaotic good the one is called the answer. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's a little on the nose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Carl, the answer. <laughs> so hot. So hot. Hot damn. Call the police, the back man. Six eggs. They're maybe slightly smaller than a bowling ball. What's a D&D world equivalent to a bowling ball? <laughs> you
1: don't think there's bowling in
0: D&D? You gotta kill the embryo. Uh... You gotta kill the...
4: E- Alright, so... It, well, on, I guess right.
0: the, these aren't... Are not currently viable outside the uh, Remoraz, so Uh, the embryos inside it will die. But if they have already been lain, and so you've come across a a Remoraz nest... Then you're in trouble. Then you would have to kill the embryo. Got it. Without Ah. cracking the egg.
4: Next be surprisingly uh, knowledgeable for someone who's not...
0: (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm not even paying attention.
3: (laughs) Imbune it onto... We'll say... I don't know... on what's what's Lars wearing? Does Lars have like gloves? I don't know. We've um, never mentioned gloves. No, never ever.
0: Uh this is taken from the uh 5th edition uh fighter martial martial path, whatever it is, martial something. Yeah. Um from Tasha's Cauldron of Everything called Rune Knight which uh get their powers from uh giant runes and this one is the frost rune the rune's magic invokes the might of those who have survived in wintering conditions such as frost giants while wearing or carrying an object inscribed with this rune you have advantage on wisdom animal handling checks and charisma intimidation checks Hmm. Uh, in addition you can invoke the rune as a bonus action to increase your sturdiness for 10 minutes you gain a plus two bonus to all ability checks and saving throws using strength or constitution. Uh, Once you invoke this rune, you can't do so again until you finish a short or long rest. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. I really like the rune knight path. I think it's very cool and I would love to play one until I live vicariously through you.